Lay reader extraordinaire. You just called me Auntie Jean. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, we stand amazed at the power and authority of your word. Lord, we pray that you will deepen your word in each one of our hearts and lives this morning, that we will take action on it and be confirmed in the power of it. Amen. Do you ever do word games? I love doing Sudoku's and word searches and other things like that. But do you know that, I can't find the name of it, but do you know that word game where you, it's like a ladder and you start with one word at the top and another word at the bottom and through changing a letter each time, you get to the word at the bottom. Well, today's word is a little bit like that because did you notice from the reading that it didn't say courage? It said might or power, other versions say, or strength. But our version today said, said might. So the word, the Latin word for that is, and is Peter here this morning? No, he's, oh yes he is. Is <laughs> fortitudinous, from which we get the word fortitude. And that's where we get at the bottom of the ladder, courage. So we got there in the end. Now, when someone has fortitude, it means they have emotional power or reserves and the ability to withstand adversity. There's a sense of being so secure that we can face whatever happens. And the scripture gives us a delightful picture to help because it's actually hidden in full view of the word fortitude. Anyone guess what it is? Oh, come on. Fault. Thank you, Martin. Fault. We can know from history and from uh, the Bible that people would gather together in a built-in a structure with a walls outside, with protective gates for entry and towers for observation, and the fort would be there to go to in times of trouble and siege. The fort is always there to run into, and guards are watchful and on the alert, a bit like Rochester Castle's keep many, many years in the past, or perhaps Homeland Security today. People are always on the watch out. A person who has the gift of fortitude or courage knows where to go for their strength and power. The fort, therefore, is a picture of our spiritual strength. Last week, if you remember, Martin spoke about the gift of counsel. Well, fortitude gives us the strength and courage to follow through on the actions that are suggested by the gift of counsel. In fact, we will discover in this series that all seven of these gifts link into each other, and they're all part of each other, and they're all needed. They build each other up. Fortitude is also the virtue of the martyrs that allow them to suffer death rather than denounce Christ. So we're going to look at some examples of courage from the Bible. So from our reading, we realise that Joshua needed great courage to take on the leadership of this enormous number of, of people, the Israelites. God says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law that you may be successful. 
So here we see that Joshua's courage came from obeying God's law, being grounded in it. Then we have the story of young David, who came up against the giant Goliath. Previously, the Bible tells us that Samuel, the priest, had anointed him with oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And when he went out to face that giant, it was with just five smooth stones in his sling and no armour other than faith in God. And he says and shouts up, you can imagine him standing, well, a bit like me really, standing low down, standing up to someone really tall and powerful. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, whom you have defied. Years later, after being delivered from the King, King Saul's hand, he sang, O Lord, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock of refuge. We've already sung about that. So for David, confidence in God's gifts and in his mighty name produced the courage to face that giant, that enemy in his life. Then there's the story of Nehemiah, who had the courage to be sad in the king's presence and to tell him what he was really thinking. And then he had the temerity to ask the king if he could return to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. So the walls of Jerusalem had been demolished by enemies. The Jews' fort had been demolished, a picture of their loss of spiritual strength, and it needed rebuilding. Nehemiah continued to, to need courage when he got there with a group of people because he faced fierce opposition. And the builders often needed to have the tools of their building trade in one hand, like a trowel or a pickaxe or whatever, and a piece of armour or a tool, a defensive weapon in the other hand. And Nehemiah, amongst loads and loads of people who came against him and defied him, he didn't care what anyone said. He was about the Lord's work. And God will give us the courage to keep doing his work as well. And then there's the story of Queen Esther, a beautiful woman who was married to the king. She had the courage to stand up to Haman, who was the second most powerful man in the land, after he had persuaded the king, Xerxes, to condemn nine million Jews to death. She risked her life by approaching the king and revealing that she too was a Jew. And God gave her the courage to do that. He changed his mind and the Jews were delivered. And Haman came to a rather sticky end. And God will give us the courage to admit that we too are Christians. And in our time, we can think of the courage of Ruth Guinness, living alone in a small house on a compound in, in Malawi, facing electricity blackouts and other hardships. Or Becky and Evode, having looking after street kids in Rwanda, where it's very difficult and dangerous to be a Christian. Or the courage of Andy Blake, standing up for the rights of young girls to be educated. Of course, from our verse in Isaiah 11, we see the story and the courage of Jesus. Isaiah 11, Isaiah is prophesying about the coming Messiah. He's imagining a time when the Messiah will grow up as a shoot 
from the very dynasty of David. And to fulfill his role, he will be given seven gifts, the seven gifts that we are looking at in this current series of wisdom, understanding, counsel, power or courage, knowledge and fear of the Lord, piety and reverence, and fear of the Lord, meaning awe. How wonderful it is to see the Holy Spirit active in the Old Testament. He was there right at the beginning, all through Christian history. Jesus showed courage as a 12-year-old boy standing up to the learned teachers of the law with questions and answers that astounded them. He showed courage in many different ways during his ministry, boldly exposing the leaders, the religious leaders, for misleading the people with false teachings. And he continued to preach despite being threatened and pressure from those who opposed him. And he fearlessly cleansed the temple, do you remember that episode, driving out those who were defiling it. And of course, showing such heroic bravery and courage as he began the final day of his life. His bravery was at a level far higher than those who win medals like the Victoria Cross. And Jesus had to face up to a long, slow and sustained journey to the cross, not just in those three years that he was ministering, but right from the beginning of eternity. He knew that one day he would face the cross and all the suffering he would endure for our sake. Yet Luke 9 tells us that Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In fact, there's a verse in Isaiah that talks about the Messiah setting his face like flint to what was coming. And of course, in so doing, we read in Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, 15, that though the heel of the Redeemer was going to be struck, he would crush the head of the snake. Remember, Jesus was so powerful, even in his manhood, that he could have stopped the crucifixion at any time and called down legions of angels to rescue him. But he resisted the temptation and he courageously endured all the pain and loss of the cross in order that you and I could be saved. There was no other way to save us. And all the outworking of the courage of Jesus came from the empowering gifting of the Holy Spirit. So where do we need courage? Well, we all need courage in many different aspects of life. In facing the giants that confront us from time to time. The impossible situations that we have no control over. We will need courage to keep going when life gets tough. We need courage in standing up for the poor and marginalised. We need courage in admitting we are Christians and standing up for our faith and giving a reason for the hope that is within us. I remember as a young teenage Christian wondering how I would stand up if I was faced with many things that Christians are faced with today in other parts of the world. But God showed me a verse all those years ago, Luke 12, verse 12, easy to remember, Luke 12, verse 12. It says, the Holy Spirit would teach you at that same moment what you ought to say. So we don't have to worry 
because the Holy Spirit will tell us when the time comes. We can't anticipate how we will react when testing and trials come, but the Holy Spirit will give us the courage to witness to God's faithfulness and love. As Peter and John said in Acts 4, we cannot stop telling everything we have seen and heard. We also need courage in standing up to the devil and all the hosts of wickedness in prayer. We need courage to pray against the enemy when he tries to make us ineffective and weak. We need courage to take back territory from the enemy. We sang that earlier this morning. Little by little, God says in Exodus 23, and that's where that song comes from, I will drive the enemies out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. And to help us, of course, in Ephesians 6, God gives us the armour. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the armour of God to stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities and powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Pray in the spirit on all occasions. We need courage to keep doing God's work. We need courage to rebuild what's been lost and broken and damaged, to make a phone call, to say sorry, to forgive another. We need courage to speak God's word into different situations and to speak and preach it with authority and truth. Yet we also need courage to recognize that we are weak, but through him we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We need courage when facing ill health and our possible death. What courage our dear Margaret Scott faced in her last weeks and days. Or courage to face the loss of mobility or a job or government support. And we particularly need men to be courageous and strong. I came across a song by Casting Crowns and a few verses from it say, where are you, men of courage? You were made for so much more. Let the pounding of our hearts cry, we will serve the Lord. We were made to be courageous and we're taking back the fight. We were made to be courageous and it starts with us tonight. The only way we'll ever stand is on our knees with lifted hands. Make us courageous, Lord. Make us courageous. Does that resonate with you? It applies to all of us, of course. So where do we get our courage from when we need it to face these different situations? Well, obviously, from the same place as Jesus, directly from the Holy Spirit. These same supernatural gifts that were given to Jesus have also been planted in us by the Holy Spirit. That same powerful spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in us. What the spirit has given to Jesus, he gives to us because we are now his body in this earth. We find courage from the Holy Spirit when we recognize it is one of his gifts along with wisdom and understanding and all the others. 
So God invites us to recognise that that gift is within us and to train ourselves in it, to practise it, until, and all the other gifts, until they become so developed in us that we become competent in them as we exercise our gifts for the benefit of his body, the church, and for the lost, the unsaved. Yes, the gifts are freely given, but we have a responsibility to grow in them and to mature in them. For instance, the musical gift can be a natural one and singing may come easy and we sing beautifully here every week at Pip and Jim's. But in order for a musical gift to grow, it has to be developed. It takes discipline and lots of practice. I have a few musical gifts, or I used to. I used to play the recorder in a, an adult group and I love doing it. But I can't do what Richard or Tanya or the other musicians do. I haven't practiced and had lessons for years and years and years. They have, and we are blessed with the results. Similarly, we may not all be a part of Waterslade Sings, but we can all practice and exercise the scales and notes of our spiritual gifts so that when we're called upon to use them, they are honed, ready for action. Are your gifts ready for action? We also find courage when we stand together in prayer. As that song I've just quoted says, the only way we'll ever stand is on our knees with lifted hands. And we find courage when we encourage each other. Have you ever seen the, the, the connection there? Encourage each other. Give each other courage. Isaiah 41.6 says, each helps the other, and each says to his brother, be strong. And with 1 Thessalonians 5 says, so encourage each other and build each other up. And Hebrews 10 likewise says, let us not give up meeting together, but let us encourage one another. We also find courage as we wait upon the Lord Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And we find courage when we read and learn the scriptures. Like Joshua, whose courage came from obeying God's word and then acting on it. And that leads us to the verbs that are used in the Bible in connection with this word courage. There's a man called Jehoiada in 2 Chronicles 23. In the Life Application Bible, he is said to have summoned his courage. That took action on his part. Other scriptures say people found courage, but most say people took or take courage. So we take courage from God himself. It's an active word. It implies going to the source of courage, taking it, and then taking action. An example of this is another king in 2 Chronicles 15. Asa, the king, took courage when he heard the words of prophecy from Azariah the priest, and he removed the idols. In other words, he heard what God said in his word about removing idols, he was so encouraged that it, he was enabled to act on it and he removed the things that were stopping people from worshipping God. Above all, we find courage when we take refuge in God. 
Deuteronomy 33 says, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemy before you. He is your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you. That's where our spiritual strength and courage comes from when we take refuge and run into the tower where God is. So, how do you feel this morning? Are you strong and powerful and brave and courageous? Or are we feeling decidedly weak this morning and certainly not very courageous? Praise God we have these amazing promises to counter our feelings of weakness and our lack of courage. God has promised that his power will be made perfect in our weakness. And he has promised that if we wait upon him, if we serve him, if we love him, if we follow him, he will give us strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. These seven gifts or characteristics will grow in us and flow from us from a lifetime of prayer and Bible study and serving the Lord in the power of the Spirit. We are all called here to serve the Lord and love him, and we have all been given the Holy Spirit. It's up to us how we respond. So with the gift of fortitude or courage, we will overcome our fears and our weaknesses, and we will be willing to be risk-takers as a follower of Jesus Christ. Remember, God has promised to protect us. He's given us this character as a gift from the Holy Spirit himself. So it's up to us to acknowledge that gift, to recognize it, to thank the Lord for it, and continue to practice and grow in all these different gifts so that we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, so each of us becomes mature in Christ. And surely that is our aim. Hallelujah. Amen.